are listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Uh, tonight, I am joined by most of the normal crew. Uh, how, how are y'all doing? Excellent. Great. Excellent, excellent, good. Uh, it's been a little while since we've talked. We took a month off because school and life and reasons. We'll just mm-hmm. <laughs> reasons, lots and lots of reasons. Yeah. Um. So, how's everyone been doing? Anything of interest been happening? Uh, mm. good. I had to shave. But... Yeah, we just had a conversation about that. That kind of sucks. <laughs> Uh, last night we did an episode of Sustainably Geeky, and I joined in. He joined in because oh, good. Jen had invited uh, an EV expert. His name's Buzz. I don't remember his last name, but he's such a good speaker. I wish we we're frozen. Are, oh no, we're not. No, we're not. You're, in, you're in frozen. Yeah. Okay, but he was such. He, he talked for like an hour and a half. It was amazing. Uh, okay. Yeah, about EVs, and it just, I wish we would have talked to him two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, or we would have bought we would have bought an EV for sure. Yeah. Well, okay. It was, it was awesome. For those, for the, uh, you know, I know what an EV is, but for oh, those of us who vehicle. don't know what an EV is, an electric vehicle. Got it. Yes. Okay. Um, speaking of the uh, sustainably geeky, uh, it has been uploaded. It is basically oh. we're just waiting for iTunes and everyone to uh, put it, you know, basically put it out there and it'll be ready to go. So I'm hoping by Friday. Uh, when this probably drops, that uh, you'll also be able to get that goodness on the network as well. So sweet, That's it's cool. happening. So cool. Uh, well, I got to go read to my boys' first grade class today. Uh, we had a uh, parent-teacher conference, and the teacher mentioned that um, parents were encouraged to come read to the kids. So I asked if she wanted me to come read or if she wanted a Ghostbuster to come read, and of course she opted for Ghostbuster. So uh, mm-hmm. I donned my gear and, and showed up and got to read to some first graders today and uh, had a blast. It was a lot of fun. So That's cool. Did you read them Goosebumps? <laughs> Actually, I read them the Ghostbusters Little Golden Book. So. All right. Yeah, I, you know, as Lainey would say, uh, you know, staying on brand. So, <laughs> sorry, who? I, she's this woman we used to know. Don't worry about it. So, okay. <laughs> it's uh, better. Just gonna keep, just gonna keep harassing her till it happens. Um, this week or this month's book. Um, I don't remember who who suggested this mm-hmm. one. I thought it was you. <laughs> it yeah. Uh, definitely wasn't me. Uh, oh, Jen did? Maybe so. Jen, yeah. Um, and of course, she she wasn't able to make it. She's been, like, literally, she has been all over the country the last, mm-hmm. like, three weeks. Like, the, yes. the woman is on the move, so. She's driven and she's uh, been on, far enough that she could have come here. She said she's been on 10 different planes in the last 17 days. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. in, it's been insane. So, um, so needless to say, she wasn't able to make it tonight. Uh, but hopefully, she'll be back for the next one. But in any case, uh, the book that we decided to read was. Uh, now we had just finished five, uh, you know, really funny books, and you know we got to you know do- talk with the authors. So we thought maybe we'd go a little more hardcore. So we just went with this simple little book, Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. 
by Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> yeah. Um, as I mentioned to the group before the book, before the show, uh, I didn't take a lot of notes on this just because the type of book, it doesn't really, uh, go well with that. So, um, it's going to be kind of a loose conversation. Uh, that being said, this book covers a lot of stuff. Quite literally, this this book starts with the beginning of time. <laughs> so it covers everything in the universe. Covers everything in the universe, and that is not by any. That's not a stretch by any means. No. Um, so that being said, usually we start off with you know kind of what your overall thoughts on the book were. So we'll go ahead and start with that, uh, Ray. What was your overall thought reading the book? Uh, well, tell him. Come on. Uh, you know what? I, I enjoyed it. Um, there were parts where it was difficult to follow along because I was driving. So it was like, a, you know, go back and try and re-listen to a couple things. And uh, we'd actually started listening to this last <clears throat> year, uh, last year, driving down to Texas. Yes. Okay. Um, and we got it, like half a chapter <laughs> It got a little too deep for somebody, <laughs> and they were afraid of falling asleep. So okay, <laughs> uh, so I we decided not to listen to that one anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I I enjoyed it. It's it's a great book. Uh, you can tell the passion that Neil has uh, because he does read it as an audible um, or for audible, which is great. Um, I I like that he tries to explain it. Uh, as simply as possible, which is yes. which is nice. So, yeah, it was it was good overall. I, I enjoyed it. Good deal, uh, Chris. Oh dear, um, <laughs> I I have come to accept this part of myself that my brain does not get mathematical and physics science. It just doesn't <clears throat> with me. Um, that being said, I was really. I'm just impressed with humanity as a whole that we've managed to figure out so much of our universe and can go, can, can figure out that there are people that can figure out what happened right at the very beginning and Mm -hmm. timelines and things like that. Like, I'm just so impressed by that part. A lot of it went over my head. I, I, uh, I think if I had, like, I listened to it. Um, so a lot of it, I kind of gapped out a little bit. And mm-hmm. then come back and be like, oh, I just missed five minutes of it. And I don't know what <laughs> we're talking about now. If I had read it, I think it would have taken me longer because I would have had to go over it a few times just mm-hmm. because I agree. it's a lot. But I appreciate his attempt to make it um, Layman's. make it for everybody. Yeah. At mm-hmm. least try. So I appreciate that. I think Quinn would really like this book. Yeah. he get, He's on the same way like this. He wants to be a mechanical engineer for the army. So, you know, that's what he wants. He wants to fight. Uh, yep. He wants to fly <laughs> fighter jets. Understandable. Yeah. Uh, Mandy. Uh, same. I, I tried it last year and gave up after half a chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, so this time... I had to get up really early and drive to Houston and it was, it was still dark and I had the moon in front of me. So it was kind of, it was a better setting for trying to listen to all this, but it reminded me um, in college, I took an astronomy course and there was just this moment where the professor kind of like made me understand how small we are. Mm -hmm. And it was just this huge realization. And that's like the point he was trying to make in this book. And you just, you forget how tiny we are. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, I enjoyed it. It, I actually listened to it twice. Um, it's one of those things that like, um, I was able to listen to it while I was doing like mindless type work. That was fine. Cause you know, I could just keep doing whatever it is I was doing while listening and trying to absorb. If I tried doing anything that was, took a little bit of thought, it just didn't, it didn't jive because there's a lot of information like, like you said there. Um, and, and he said, you know, the, the book is written, you know, it, this is a, Hey, listen, this is kind of, this is what my job is. This is what astrophysics is. If you find this interesting, you know, this is a springboard into the deep stuff. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is well-written. It's definitely, um, as accessible, I think, as you're going to get for this topic. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, um, with that said, I guess let's just go ahead and kind of start getting into the conversation. I, I wrote down, I went and took down all of the, um, the uh the uh chapter titles so you know we can just kind of run through yeah. some of those and and stuff so like we said the book literally starts the first chapter is the greatest story ever t- told and it's literally the beginning of time mm-hmm. um and it, it it goes through and it it talks about um you know literally the idea the current the current idea is that all of matter all of the universe was like you know not even the size of of a period on a page and within microseconds literally explodes and within i think he says like we we you know we're get like you know f- a few seconds in and stuff's already cooling down and and starting to form and everything else and it's just uh a lot of heavy stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> but i think it's uh, cool that it's actually something that they can measure and and calculate that you could actually that they have figured out equations to figure this crap out i mean it's amazing center, where everything's coming yeah. from yeah it's just awesome yeah. all right brainiac no no he, uh, <laughs> he bring and he also brings up the fact that you know um a lot of people, you know, well, then, of course, you know, the next question is, well, then what was what was before that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, we don't know. Yeah. And there's right now there's no way of knowing. But, mm-hmm. you know, at some point, yeah, we can ask those questions. But does it really matter? Like, to me, it, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's like, OK, well, if there was something before here, I mean, because that's when you start getting that's where the mind fuck comes in is like. Yeah. Well, what was here before then? Was there anything? Is it possible that there was always something? Mm-hmm. Was there a time where there was never anything? It's yeah, and that's when you start like, all right, well, I need some heavy drugs for this. <laughs> <laughs> so. See, but that that's the part that fascinates me. I, I I love that we can figure all this stuff out and, and the things that were based in mostly facts, uh I, I like that part. It's mm-hmm. the imagination that you have to have of what came prior to that. That's the that's the part that fascinates me. Like, was it was it the implosion of our universe exploding again? Right, there is that theory. Um, so that you know, are are we in a time? You know, does it is there uh, this circle where we're constantly going through multiple different uh, versions of this? Uh, or is it in, stuck in its own loop where it just constantly expands and then con- contracts and explodes again, right? Like there's lots of different uh, yeah. things out there. Is <laughs> that's the, that's what excites me is the, the unknown part of it. Be- 
he gets into that as well with the the we assume that the shape of the universe is circular because that's what makes the most sense. Uh, but beyond that, what is what is next to it? And you know, we think there there's got to be something out there. So maybe it is multiple universes. Maybe it's you know different timelines. Whatever you want to multiple dimensions. Multiple yeah, dimensions, all sorts of things. And we get into gravity and all that other stuff. We still don't even understand gravity. So it's yeah. Gravity is such okay, and we'll get it. I love the way they try to visualize and explain it in Interstellar because gravity, the effect of gravity on time is such a mind screw for me because, you know, unfortunately, you know, we are three dimensional, you know, we are three dimensional. Uh, beings Mm -hmm. and we can experience you know we experience time but we have no control over it and the idea that time can slow down and expand and does slow down and expand uh depending on gravitational waves and you know densities and everything else is just it's crazy to me i mean you know we've you know you know, people started applying this to science fiction and they're like, well, then by that theory, then like Han Solo is like the oldest person in Star Wars because the amount of time he would have traveled would have made him like, you know, in, you know, infinitely, you know, uh, uh, older. And unless he's using a warp bubble, unless it's a warp bubble, that is true. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it, it, like I said, it starts off, it, it does talk about the big bang theory. Um, and 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 talks about uh, quarks and how um, uh, bosons are literally just like flying through the universe, and things had to literally cool down before anything could actually start grabbing onto each other and start forming anything, um, which is kind of crazy. It's like literally everything's just energy at first, and then as it cools down, oh well, now it starts to become stuff. So. Um, but yeah, so um, you know, he talks about you know uh, light. Uh, oh, between galaxies. This was one of the other chapters that was interesting. Between galaxies, and talking about how what could actually be between galaxies, and how you know most of us, you know, most of the time, we consider, oh well, it's whatever's in the galaxy that's the interesting, interesting stuff. Whatever's happening in between galaxies is is nothing. There's nothing there between, and it's like, well, no, there's actually probably a lot of stuff there so um and then you know we start you know he, he does he, he glosses over he kind of has to gloss over everything but you know he glosses over um rogue planets which i think is you know interesting as all hell the fact that there may still be a ninth planet planet x in our solar system but we still can't pinpoint the where it thing. is Yep. yeah but because of the way astromechanics works on all the other planets our current yeah. solar system doesn't make sense unless there's something else out there. Yeah. So um, you, you, we we didn't touch on it, but uh, the thing that I liked about when he said, if you go back into time and you were actually able to see the beginning, you wouldn't see anything. It would just be it'd be white light in in front of you. You'd just see a kind of this cloud, and you wouldn't be able to see your hand in front of your face because it'd just be pure light everywhere. And, yeah. And as it cools down. You know, eventually things start, you know, um, clearing out, and you're able to see a little bit more. But 
uh, I thought that was really interesting that, yeah, if you go right back to the very beginning of it, you can't see anything. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, as for in between, uh, I love that we don't know what's going on. The cigar-shaped thing that was just went by our planet there the other... Oh, there's They're still fighting about what that was and how it was accelerating out of here. And they, uh, you know, was it... Uh, was it um, radiation that moved it along or was it the heating of the sun because it, it wasn't gravity that was moving it along so it's, yep, as far as we could tell yep pretty sweet so yep and when you think about um you know when you think about uh how big the universe is it's like even if, and you know, the amount of time, even if there are other sentient, pardon me, sentient life forms out there, the chances of them finding us now are so infinitesimal. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. Mandy, any thoughts? You're kind of quiet on this one. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, beyond me. So, <laughs> I like I like the idea that we might be Martians. That was that was pretty. That's cool. Neat. Oh yeah, yes, that was, that's pretty cool. That was cool. That yeah. So uh, he explained that the um, uh, Mars actually potentially could have housed life before Earth, and uh, a collision or something happened where part of Mars came to Earth. I, I, that's awesome. And little micro It'll be interesting if we can ever find any information to, you know, prove that one yeah, or the yeah. other. So that would blow people's minds. No, oh, yeah. Like there well, would almost but... be a collapse of religious belief in that, that we're from another planet and we're not from here. Like, yeah, yeah that would blow people's minds. I know. Yeah, that would be, I would be <laughs> fine being a Martian. That would explain a lot. <laughs> It's funny, um, I listen to a podcast called Weird Things, and they're constantly talking about space. And uh, one of the guys on there has, has said something, and I have to agree with it. Yeah, if we did find other intelligent life out there, let's let's just go with that. If we did find other intelligent life out there, um, yes, it's going to be, it will be world changing. Yes. A lot of people are going to have to kind of come to grips with that. Mm-hmm. But in the end, uh, in the end of the day, you still got to show up for work tomorrow morning. So it, it is going to affect life, but life for the most part, most part, still going to keep going on, unless they land on the you know the White House lawn and declare war. That's going to change things pretty rapidly. But otherwise, it's going to be like, all right, well, here's something new we have to get yeah. used to, or or not, or completely mm-hmm. bury our hand in the sand and be like, nope, never happened. <laughs> fake, all fake. Oh, yeah. Then there's the theory that it's already happened and they, you know, it's. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So let's let's talk about something that's also I find really interesting, you know, something that is in in the realm of a lot of science fiction. Uh, but it's is true, at least as far as we can tell, we still can't 100 percent prove it. But uh, dark matter. Um, once again, something that according, you know, according to the way that we understand the universe works, the mathematics does not work unless there's this other thing, Mm -hmm. a known form of matter. 
Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't interact with, you know, the state of matter that we know of, but without it, all of our calculations are thrown way off. Um, which is interesting in itself. Of course, you know, antimatter is all, or dark matter, antimatter, a lot of people, you know, will refer to it in science fiction, you know, is always like, oh, well, you combine that with other stuff and causes explosions. But, um, but yeah, it's like, how do you, you know, I don't know, maybe it's because of my job or whatever, or just thinking like from a business plan, but how do you, how do you get a job where literally your job is trying to figure out how to prove something that may be unprovable? <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> you have to be stubborn as hell. Yeah. 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 Um, I, again, you get into the theories of things and you get into uh, the mathematics behind stuff. Uh, it's fascinating to me that, wow. And there's actually a theory out there that uh, one of our planet nine is actually made out of a dark matter, and that's why we can't find it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's true or not. Um, but yeah, there's 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 so many unknown because and there's a difference between antimatter, uh, which is just the opposite of what our matter is, uh, and then there is the so like a proton and electron. Uh, just swap um, mm-hmm. energies, which is awesome. Uh, then there's the then there's this dark matter and dark energy, which is we don't understand each of them because they they just they follow their own rules and don't. <laughs> we have no answer for it right now, and I I think that's awesome because it doesn't interact with light, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it did interact with light, then we could see it, but we can't even see it, which is pretty strange. So. Which, speaking of light, he, I mean, he does talk about, you know, uh, how he discovered, you know, some of this stuff. Like, um, you know, I've, I've heard, I'd heard this story before as well, but, um, you know, how, how he discovered uh, ultraviolet and, and infrared. Mm. By, you know, using a, you know, uh, uh, basically a thermometer in the different, the different, I would never would have crossed my mind. Yeah. So. I, that was pretty cool. Uh, that was pretty sweet that how they they figure that out um yeah oh. <laughs> using a prism to break them into the different things and like hey let's see what temperature they're all at and and sure enough there's all the differences and then hey there's nothing here i want to see what and and sure you know the i can't see it but it's hotter than what it's supposed to be exactly yeah something's wrong <laughs> so yeah um, one of the other things he touched on that I also thought was really interesting is, is the, um, I think he, I, I, I want to say it was gravity. It was, he was also talking about gravity causing this where, uh, the lensing in space. So mm. we get the, we yep. get this lensing effect. Um, so we literally can see around things and yeah, that's it, why there may be things out there that we literally can't see because it's, it's lensed itself. So we're seeing around it to the space, you know, behind it. So it's just like, well, how, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It, it bends the light. So it actually focuses very similar to what our, 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 like a microscope. (laughs) Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. Um, the other thing that I also like, and I don't remember if he goes into it to, into too much detail, but we can actually see how far away things are based on uh, the redness of the, the light mm-hmm. compared to what it should be. Uh, and that's actually how they calculate um, 
how far away something is is the this redness effect on the light. So, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I was talking to my boys. Uh, we have a uh, solar system set up in their in their bedroom, and we were just going over everything. And there is a Pluto included, and I'll just you know every so often remind them Pluto's not a planet, guys. Remember, it's you know, of course it's way off scale. So you know Pluto's you know decent size compared to the rest of the other planets. I'm like, there are moons out there bigger than the than Pluto, guys. Yep. So, um. Let's see. So dark matter, dark energy. Um, let's see here. Oh, he talks about, you know, being round. And you were talking about, uh, you already mentioned it, how nature prefers to be round when possible. Yeah. Um, well, I like the box is a cereal analogy. Like it, oh, yes. More <laughs> cereal in a round box. And that's all I could think of. I'm like, how the fuck would you store a round box of cereal? <laughs> I mean, I love that there's more in it, but like that would be a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, because, I mean, even then, like, you'd have to stack everything like a pyramid because if you yeah. just stacked it on top of each other, you'd still yeah. have a ton of wasted space. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think. I'm like, from my organizational mind and how I like things, like, <laughs> lined up and no spaces in between, I'm like, that sucks. I don't like yeah. that at all. But, but it is the best use of space for the inside, inside right? of and, it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah which, which is why pop cans are the way they are. It's, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a cylinder. It's not quite obviously a circle, but it's getting closer. So yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. Invisible light uh, between the planets. Um, yeah. I, uh, well, okay. We'll we'll talk about that kind of last. But uh, was there anything else that kind of really stood out? So something that's always stuck out for me uh, is. Uh, the the electrons um it is fascinating to me that something that has matter acts like a wave and mm-hmm. they've proven this uh, time and time again with different uh different tests and things like that uh but basically uh, you know we are made of and he goes into this as well we're made of the star stuff we're, we are made of of the stuff the stuff that's out there and basically we are the universe discovering itself and uh, I think that's kind of a cool analogy and uh, how we are just, you know, we're made up of all these chemical compounds that are readily available out there. Um, and, yeah, we this is just us trying to discover ourselves. And part of that is uh, when you get into the quantum physics and you get into uh, quantum theories and stuff like that, a lot of them depend on the person's expectation uh, when they do the when they do the tests, so what they expect will happen. But if somebody else performs that same test and they expect something else to happen, that will in turn happen instead. So your your own observation of the test is what's screwing everything up. And I think that's amazing that that actually starts occurring. Uh, and part of that is the the wave test for the elect- electrons. And yeah, it's again exciting. It's. <laughs> see cause, like we so we deal with um now we don't have there's a detector up in canada for neutrinos mm-hmm. uh it's it's actually uh down near windsor and um it was exciting to hear about that one because at our plant we make uh anti-neutrinos from the decay of tritium which is pretty cool we can't detect them but we know they're there uh i deal with particles uh 
beta particles, the alpha particles, um, electron, or which beta particles are essentially just electrons. Alpha particles are basically just helium uh, being shot out of um, a, a nucleus uh, mm-hmm. of, of an atom. And, you know, there's a whole, so to hear him talking about all these things, it's like, yeah, I deal with those at work. I have detectors that I can actually go and I, you know, see this stuff as uh, in my detectors and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool to know that they're out there as well. And so when he starts talking about how they detect them and stuff, mm-hmm. I, ha- I have some of those instruments. I use them every day. It's That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I I like physics. Um, I've always I, I enjoyed physics in both college and, and high school. Um, I I've always sucked at chemistry, and you know, so when he starts getting into some of that, I'm just like, uh, yeah, I know it's I know it's a companion science, and it's really heavily involved as well. But I'm just like, oh, chemistry. He does the whole periodic table, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he you know, natural, he goes through that. The natural yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, he so, natural all all of the natural elements. we've made some of our own uh which are much heavier than than what uh are naturally made um and it's almost like there's a competition to make the heaviest atom out there they only last for microseconds but they're like hey hey we made it <laughs> and then it, it, it's unstable right so it starts breaking down trying to get back to a stable state yeah which, you know, at some point you're like, so does it count? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess it they, technically they does, a, but they have a way of saying that it counts. And I wonder if there's like a time limit, like it has to stay cohesive yep. for. OK, yeah, there is. That would make sense. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fascinating how they do that. Um, basically bombard something with neutrons and hey, what's going on it, yeah. If you want to get into all that, I can get into all that too. It's <laughs> <laughs> so at our plant, we create uh, cobalt sixty, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, um, we put cobalt uh, fifty eight in into the reactor. It absorbs two neutrons and becomes cobalt sixty. When we pull that out, uh, it is glowing hot. It is very radioactive, uh, but they use it for treatments um, for for medical purposes. So it's it's kind of cool that they pull these out of the reactor, mm-hmm. cut them all up, put them in flasks, ship them off to uh, different facilities, and then they they in turn turn these into uh, things to sterilize uh, medical equipment or for cancer treatments. Or there's a whole bunch of different things that they that they do with this stuff. So it's pretty cool. That is interesting. The tritium. <laughs> so tritium is only it's. Uh, and I think he talked about this in the in the book as well. So you have uh, hydrogen, right? Mm-hmm. Hydrogen is just um, a proton with an electron around it. Uh, deuterium is one proton and one neutron, uh, and so one electron around it. Deuterium. So you have uh, hydrogen, deuterium, and then uh, tritium is the third. And you might have heard it from Spider-Man 3. It does not look like how they showed it in Spider-Man 3. It's just hydrogen, right? It's a heavier form of hydrogen because it has two neutrons attached to it. 
Mm-hmm. And once you get into this ratio where there's too many neutrons, it gets unstable, it gets radioactive. And so what happens is uh, one of the neutrons will spontaneous t- spontaneously turn into a proton and eject an electron, and that's what gives off the radiation of a beta particle. Um, and so when that happens, it becomes helium-3. So it's two protons and a neutron. And so okay. you have helium-3 out of that. But anyway, tritium used to be used. You can uh, tell he taught this for four years sorry. at the power plant, right? Like he taught this for four years. So helium or uh, tritium was actually used in uh, in the uh, exit lights. Uh, so you know your emergency exit lights mm-hmm. uh, that don't have any power to them. Usually, those are lit up because of tritium. So you'll if you actually start looking at them, they'll you'll see that there are radioactive little signs on there, and it's because it's a such a low level beta emitter uh, that it won't actually penetrate their, your skin. So I'm going to have to go look at one now. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be one that has no power to it. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't, yeah, I'll have to go look to, to even see. You can buy trading watches. So there's watches that you can buy and they, they have no power source to light up mm-hmm. and, and it's just, yeah, it's tritium. That's, lighting it up all the time so that's cool (laughs) there's the science with ray i know right (laughs) (laughs) and we have a new podcast yeah (laughs) no you don't want to hear that (laughs) um let's see here uh let's I'm, i'm just kind of looking through some of the other stuff that they were talking about um um of course, you know, he, like you know, we we talked about the the fact, you know, uh, we go into the planets, we go into the exoplanets, we go into, um, you know, what's actually in between, um, you know, the the universes or whatever, and the and oh, and one of the things he was talking about is, you know, given enough time, because the universe is expanding still, um, you know, if, if you could flash forward, you know, a couple thousand years in the future, like scientists would not even be able to see some of the stuff that they can see now because it would be so far away. So, yeah. Well, and that makes you wonder what we've missed out on. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like if you go back to the time of the dinosaurs, what were they seeing in the sky that we won't be able to see because it's gone. Right. So, and we would never know that it, that it's already gone. So, <laughs> sorry, Eugene. <laughs> no, that's crazy. I just, you know, thinking about that, um, uh, there's a lot of talk once again going back to that podcast that talks a lot about science and a lot about space and stuff um just the idea about you know some of the uh, exoplanets that could be out there to like there could be a ton of crap out there that we just like you know we're like we're, we're trying to get we're like okay well we first off we need to get to the next planet to the planet next door and then we've got to get to the galaxy next door but it's like there's a lot of stuff between us and and even that that we could still, you know, explore and find and everything else. So have you seen the, there are plans to get to Mercury? No, I haven't heard of that. Uh, one sorry, yet. sorry, not Mercury, Venus, Mercury is too, way too hot. Uh, yeah. to get to Venus. So Venus is still pretty hot too, but uh, what they would do is uh, in the atmosphere, there's a, a nice little comfort zone of around 75 to 80 some odd degrees Celsius or uh, Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you put a cloud city there, 
Uh, Quinn is obsessed with this theory. You he could actually, this. you could. Okay, actually, I have heard of this. Yeah. yeah. So you could actually build Cloud City, right? Uh, from Star Wars, you could build that on Venus and, yeah. and hang and out Logan and fight about this. So how cool would that be? That yeah. you, I live on Cloud City, man. It's... Yeah. <laughs> I just want to get the. I just want the human species to get off at least one rock. Let's at least get to two, and then and we'll mo- and keep moving. So yeah, the only way that's going to happen, uh, and I think, I think did he go in a little bit with this book? Uh, the when astronauts see the, Earth, the overview effect. The overview effect. Mm-hmm. I know I've talked about the overview effect on this podcast before. Or sorry, not this one, but on Epically Geeky. Um, and it's one that fascinates me, and I, I wish every human would be able to to get it. Um, so it's the the effect that uh, astronauts have when they see Earth from orbit. So if they're either from uh, the International Space Station or from uh, the Moon, when they look back at Earth and they see, you know, how fragile it is, and you know, but there's no borders. There's and no all. borders. There's all these things that we yeah. fight about on Earth are all made up in our own head. Oh yeah, it's all BS. Yeah. And and if we could just get out of our own way and see what this really is all about, you know, we'd kind of stick together and cuz he does mention in the book that when people hear all of this, they tend to feel really small and insignificant, but for him it's the opposite. He feels very large and very included in the whole universe because he knows what we're made of. He knows what we're made of and that yeah. it's all the same stuff in the universe. Yeah. I got that from the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that was one of the last things I was going to bring up. So yeah, let's let's talk about that. How, like when when it when you think about that, do, which way does it take you? Does it take you to the, oh God, we're basically nothing? Just kind of are you more or less like, yeah, we're small, but we're we're still part of everything. Like it's 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 I feel very small and insignificant, but there's a liberation that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Right, like I feel small and insignificant, so the fuck am I worrying about? You know, like the universe is so old and so big that me worrying about, you know, what I ate today or, you know, things like my jeans won't do up, things like that. It doesn't matter really on the grand scheme of things. So why am I worrying about it? Why can't I just enjoy my speck of a life here and quit worrying about crap? So it does both. Yeah, I'm going to jump on that. Yeah, it does make, like, I don't feel the whole insignificant part, Mm -hmm. um, but it does kind of, like, make you really register that, yeah, there's not really a lot of time. No. You know, it's it's not even, not even a blink in in the grand scheme of things, and it's just Uh like, yeah, maybe I should be focused on doing stuff that I'm happy with. Yeah, (laughs) because over so fast when you take the big timeline you know i uh i had uh, a conversation with quinn i think i've talked about it on this podcast as well or if not it was in new you know mm-hmm. the pre-show or something like that quinn came home a little while ago now mm-hmm. this is sometime last year uh and he was just he was in tears yeah, he was and upset. he was really upset i'm like dude what what's wrong he's like there are almost there's gonna be 10 billion people on this planet sometime soon and you know, I'm just one. I'm insignificant. I yeah. I have no meaning. He's like, ten, dude. You're ten. <laughs> <laughs> He's up. He you still have a lot of time to do stuff, dude. 
So it got me talking about to him what I believe life is about. And I honestly believe that it is about enjoyment of this, what it is what we call life, right? If, if more humans would actually allow ourselves to enjoy our life uh, and get rid of greed and get rid of, you know, borders and, and actually take a look at what we're all about mm-hmm. and allow each other, help each other out. Cause that's, we always feel better when we're helping somebody out and everyone needs to feel important. So if you can find the people that love you for who you are, and if you can enjoy your life, uh, do the things that you want to do. Uh, but as long as you're not hurting anyone else or, you know, anything like that, just enjoy this thing. Well, like we, like you said, we have so little time here. Just enjoy it, man. And I, I kind of got that through to Quinn. I think about where, you know, we're on this earth to enjoy what it is we have, mm-hmm. and take he those. He felt small, better. He felt better. Yeah, he take those small better, moments yeah. and enjoy it, and just take it one day at a time because that's all we got. Yeah, he felt so, better. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he's been better since. So mm-hmm. he's good. I'm glad. Glad to hear. It. <laughs> it's a little weird. It was a little freaky that he's talking about that. Yeah, but but yeah, as soon as as soon as you as soon as you take life too seriously, then it's it's not fun anymore. I mean, yeah. you can tell that Tyson um, has this sort of zest for life. Like yeah. he has all of this information, and it can do one of two things to you: it could like bog you down or it could make you feel free and you can tell the way he reads it and what he's written that it makes him get some excited. It, it gets him excited is, to yeah. feel free. Yeah. Yeah. Mandy, how's this at you? Yeah. Yeah. Just to be, I mean, even Ray, even in listening to you talk about your work and everything, just to be that knowledgeable about something that you can like joyfully share it with other people, you know, that's, that's a big deal. And like, yeah, I think Neil deGrasse, Tyson has it figured it has figured life out you know he's he's dialed it in um so it's it's inspiring in a, in a lot of ways um I'm not ever going to wrap my mind around the physics or the math but just I'm with you <laughs> but, but that goes to prove that we all have our own talents and we all have our own thing and it and it, it goes back to a theory that I've had for a very long time there are people in this world that are great at certain things and if each person did their their what they're really great at and what they love, then everything on Earth would just kind of like it would keep moving on. If if you'd had the Star Trek model, right? Though those people that want to be in power, they go be captains of the ships. Then they have the civilians that are the bartenders, and they're just there to have fun. <laughs> and then like there, there's so many different things. Like if everybody just you know, if if we all did what we enjoy, everything we'd all take care of ourselves. Yeah, we, each other. we would. We would take care of each other. Yeah. And there's been time and again where they've proven that uh, if shit hits the fan, mm-hmm. and and you know we're talking about alien invasion or you know nuclear war happens, whatever it is, um, it's it's not the diabolical future where it's it's not a dystopian future that we're looking at. We're actually looking at humans wanting to help each other out uh and, and we'd actually be looking at people trying to assist others and and bring them in and make a cohesive unit rather than you know pushing everybody away so that gave that gives me hope too mm-hmm. 
I was just going to say if anyone else was going to jump in before I did. Um, yeah, on that topic, yeah, I mean, all you have to do is, is look after a natural disaster and see how many people come yeah. out of the woodwork to to help each other. So, um, yeah, I've, I've you know, I've, I'm 41, 41, 41 now. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to have a huge lasting impression on the rest of humanity. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that because I work at a school and I have kids and who knows, maybe I help influence one of my boys who does something like that. Or what if I helped, even if, it, you know, I just, I just keep the computers going, but the computers going allowed the kid that cures cancer to, you know, keep doing what he's doing. And I'm just like, just fine. That's cool. If that's, if yep. that's, if that's my small footnote in, in, you know, history and I never getting credit for it. Sure. Whatever. Cool. That's fine. Yep. Yep. So there, there's a saying at work that we have, uh, and it's when, when somebody's taking their position a little bit too seriously, uh, we kind of bring in this one out and it's put your hand into a bucket of water and take it out. That's the impression that you're leaving in at work. <laughs> like that's you're you're yes you are an insignificant person but you you know what you have a purpose there's a take pride in the work that you do and and be and do it to the best of your ability that's all we can ever ask yeah if you do that then and i know it sounds god it sounds communist or it sounds you know i don't know socialist socialist maybe oh wait a minute don't we live in a socialist democracy <laughs> over here in Canada? <laughs> Apparently. Well, you know, that's 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 a naughty word here in Texas. Oh, I, yes, yes, we're we're well aware. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, if you if you do that and you enjoy it, then again, it, it, everything's gonna be fine. Everything will work out. Yeah. Yep. So there was one last thing that we didn't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> really liked this book. <laughs> well, okay, so it's, it's and again, it's something that it goes beyond the book. It goes into other theories that uh, you know. So the closer to a cell and the closer into an atom that you get, the more like a universe it looks. Right. But you, as you expand out, right? You look at a star and the way that things work there, the more it looks like an atom, and it's it's such a fascinating thing uh, to me, anyway. To yeah, the closer in and the further out. Anyway, that's the symmetry there. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to me. So. Yeah, because then you start having those those um, <laughs> men in black theories of <laughs> what it worth. Where our entire our entire universe is like marble, a marble for some <laughs> alien kid or whatever. Or and he even brought up the the idea that you know it, it's become more and more popular that, you know, what if all of this is literally just a simulation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he did say that too. And it's definitely a possibility. So, cause I mean, you know, <laughs> even though there's, even though things tend to be pretty symmetrical and, you know, um, what's funny is, is I've always kind of taken the, it, you know, uh, kind of counter stance, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are like, well, the universe is kind of chaotic. Well, no, not really. It's, actually pretty organized i mean yeah there's shit happens stuff blows up and 
explodes and dies and and everything but, else, but it kind of happens. Some really stringent rules. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, it happens for a reason, and you know, like um, a lot of people, you know, and, and this is one of the ones that I I kind of have counter with other people. You know, a lot of people are like, you know, like freaking, you know, Jupiter's just like, you know, Jupiter's hell. Like they've got a, a you know, a, you know, a, a massive hurricane that's been happening for hundreds of years. And I'm like. No, actually, Earth is more the hell because Jupiter works in a way that it formed and it just kept going. Nothing ever stopped it. I'm like, the worst that we have here is a hurricane forms and lasts for a couple of days and then it's completely ripped apart. And I'm just like, you know, our, you know, our, uh, uh, our planet is, is hell when it comes to sustaining stuff. It breaks stuff down pretty quickly and it's like, no, listen, hey, this is how things are running. Yeah, you know, um, and I do try to keep that idea that you know, a positive look for the future, and that you know the planet's going to be here whether we're here or not is a different story. But yes, yeah, it's. It, I'm not worried about the Earth. I'm I'm worried about whether or not we're going to be on the Earth much longer. Yes. So yeah, yeah, it's going to correct us whether we want it to or not. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, the Earth always self-corrects, so it just matters and, whether we get to enjoy it or not. Yeah. And that's yeah. one of the other things, and that was one of the other things they talked about on that other podcast is, and I, I do like this idea that, um, and it's not that it goes against a lot of environmental ideology, but, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, we've, we've changed the environment and, you know, it's supposed to be this way. It's like, well, it was, it's supposed to be that way at this time. But, you know, if you go back even just a couple hundred years, it was even a lot different then. It was a lot different a couple thousands of years ago. So it's like, yeah, we're having an impact, but it is what it is. Like, you know, let's not fuck stuff up. But on the other hand, you know, the earth's going to do what it wants to do. <laughs> so it's going to, it's either going to, you know, adapt or it's going to smack us down. One of the two and probably a little bit of both. So yeah. It's going to be a little bit rough. Boy, I think we're getting into the SmackDown part now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're, we're hitting some SmackDowns here. So, but, um, okay, well, was there anything else in, in the book in particular? Oh, one of the things I did love was, um, I guess you could kind of look at it as being a little bit of an asshole comment, but, because uh, I'm reminded, because I was drinking hot cocoa before the show, was the comment about going into the shop and the guy saying, oh, well, there was there was cream in your hot cocoa. He's like, well... <laughs> That was fun. <laughs> Apparently, physics works different in your restaurant, sir. Yes. Or someone forgot to put in the whipped cream. One of the two. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the one that he, the one thing that he was describing that uh, was kind of cool was the dying by a black hole, and how. He oh yeah. <laughs> stretched out into this thin uh, stream of particles, and uh, that, that's just your legs as you continuously stretch and. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty horrible way if you're able to survive. <laughs> but the other thing is, is we don't know what happens when you get to the, either the center of the black hole or the other side. We don't know what exactly that really is. And uh, there's no way for us to tell because you can't send anything back once you go through it. So, yeah, that black holes are something else that just just blow my mind. It's like, how do you have something so dense that not even light can escape this thing? Yeah. So pretty sweet. Yep. Yeah. This was definitely, like I said, this was a, uh, I, I really did enjoy the book. Uh, but this was definitely one of those. that's like, 
okay, this was kind of heavy. Need to stop listening to something else a little lighter. So, but uh, doesn't necessarily mean we we're not going to shy away from heavy science books like this either in the future. So, we are we are the marginally geeky episodes. So, <laughs> so. Ha- has to be kind of geeky. So, um, if no one has anything else to add, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap up the discussion. Um, our next book is. I did not get the na- the author, but the next book we're reading is The Power. Um, Jennifer put out there. Let me see here. What was the name? What was the author's name on this one? Looking for it. Give me half a second. Can't find it. Uh, wow, there. Oh, our conversation was kind of long here. <laughs> yeah, um, it was a little long because Jen uh, decided to you know take over. Okay, that's what was the. Are you still so worried about that? Uh, the Power by Naomi Alderman. So, um, yeah, that that will be our next book. And then we'll probably read uh, For the Wind by Cory Doctorow. So we'll see. No, 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 it's okay. No, it's okay. Well, <laughs> um, well that, is, that is it pretty much for our episode, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, has anyone else been reading anything else? I'll, I have not had a chance to read anything else. So I'm like, like literally I've been listening to old stuff, you know, going back through my, uh, my catalog and re listening to a bunch of stuff. So I haven't, I haven't read anything new. So what about I, you? Ray? I am on chapter 20 for the authorities and I am loving it. Oh my God. Yes. I, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, his Max. I love Max. I think he's an awesome character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so if you don't know who wrote The Authorities, it's uh, Mr. Scott Myers, um, Jeff Bridge, Bridges, the who's the guy that reads it? Luke Daniel. Luke, Luke Daniel. Daniel. Sorry. Not yeah. even close. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Shut up. Jeff Bridges, okay, yeah. Jeff Bridges, yeah. How yeah, you got that leap? Anyway, so yeah, uh, Luke Daniels reads it. Um, uh, and again, he has so many different voices. I, I know what you're talking about, Eugene, about uh, they're similar, but they are different. Uh, yes. Different voices. Um, yeah, but didn't Scott say that he's read, like he's narrated over 400 books, so eventually things are going to start but you know what? It, crossing it, over? It just works. Yeah, and it does. And you know what? Uh, I'm really enjoying this book. Um, I'm curious to see where this whole story goes. I have my own theories, but we'll see where that goes. And uh, yeah, if you get a chance, by all means, I'm going to be recommending it for the uh, for the show at some point. So. Oh yes, absolutely. I, I yes, uh, especially reading the other ones. I, I think it would yeah. work really well. So in this one. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, have you been reading anything else? I just finished Armada by Ernest Cline. And? And I liked it up till the end. <laughs> really? It just kind of fucking ends. It's like all of that, and it just, boom, it's done. And it's it, just all neatly tied, boop, together. I was like, oh, this could have been, he could have stretched it out to another. I think I would have preferred if it was at least two books. Mm-hmm. Because there's all this massive buildup and, and fights, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it just ends. And it's like, oh, uh, okay. It's too easy. Like I kept seeing how little left of the book I got, and there's still so much happening. And I'm just like, I hate when books do that. I hate when there's this massive buildup and there's so much happening, and then it just ends. I and understand. I understand where you're coming yeah. from. It's it, and I'm like you. I 
when the climax happens mm-hmm. so close to the end, it's yeah. like you get to this height and then it's just like, okay, well, we've got to tie up these few couple of things and maybe a chapter or two. So and it's fun. just like done. Yeah. And yeah. Couple- I, so I understand what you're saying. Yeah. That I've done that. The hunger games did that. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end, and Peter got one stupid paragraph. I was so mad about that. <laughs> and then uh, another series that I read called The Red Road by Moira Young. I loved it. And then that last book, it was just build up, build up, build up, up. And then it ended. And I was just like, I waited a year and a half for that? Oh, no. Oh, so, it's a lunchbox letdown. Like, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoyed Armada more the second time i read it so if you yeah. do ever go back and reread it you may and you may enjoy it more than and i liked it better than ready player one only on the amount of references that were in ready player one there isn't it's a lot more for somebody i only got about maybe 50 percent of the references in ready player one there were so many and mm-hmm. and i was and i'm not a gamer and and uh so i missed out on a lot of that this one there it's just there's only a few speckled and I got most of them. So I felt like it wasn't so reference heavy that you had to be this certain type of person growing up to get all of these references. Right. Yeah. So that was nice. Good deal. That was cool. Uh, Mandy, what else, have you been reading anything else? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in a social justice book club, so it's been kind of heavy. Oh my. Uh, oh, God. yeah. Uh, so between the world and me and um, another book called Just Mercy about the death penalty. But I went to New Orleans and I reread A Confederacy of Dunces and it's funnier the second time. Highly offensive, but it's it's worth rereading. A Confederacy of Dunces. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I have never heard of that. Oh, yeah. Like it won the Pulitzer. The author had died before it was published. Um, it's all set in New Orleans. Ignatius J. Riley. That kind of rings a bell, but I'll have to look it up. <laughs> I have to look it up. Um, like I said, I haven't had a chance to read anything else, so I'm finally kind of getting caught up. So we'll we'll see here. I've, I've got two credits, so I've got to. I'm trying to finish this other series. I'm. It's getting kind of long in the tooth, but I'm. On, I'm about to start the fifth book in, this, in the series of six. I'm like, I've got to finish this. So it's interesting. Anyway, um, well, that is it for our uh, show for the week, ladies and gentlemen, or for the month, ladies and gentlemen. If you would, please give us a uh, five-star rating on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and Google Play. Um, you can always find us at epicallygeeky.com. You can follow the site at epicallygeeky on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we don't have an episode of the Epley Geeky show coming out this week. Uh, we'll have one next week. We've just kind of got to shift the time around a little bit. Uh, but like I said, hopefully by the time that this drops, you should be able to go subscribe to the sustainably geeky show. And, uh, because of the way that we got it set up, there are actually at least four episodes out there for you. Uh, depending on when Jen gets me the information, uh, for this newest one that was just recorded, there may even be five, so we'll see. Uh, so at least one of the nice things is, is when you you know uh, if you when you start listening to it, is it won't just be okay. Well, that was that was nice. That was one episode, and I got to wait. So you've got you've got a little back catalog you can get started on, and you don't have to wait so long for the next episode. So where can we find you online, Ray? Uh, Lake Life Artist uh, on Instagram is the best spot. Um, 
And yeah, uh, Epically Geeky, as you said, uh, I have joined in for the Sustainably Geeky for the latest episode. Uh, I got some questions in for Buzz on uh, on electric cars. Uh, I'm, I'm a car guy. I, I enjoy cars. I enjoy um, talking about cars. So it was kind of cool to bring that aspect to the podcast because mm-hmm. otherwise it was more of a uh, economy, uh, e- ecological thing, which is mm-hmm. fine and that's great. But there's other aspects to driving. So, <laughs> um, and then uh, yeah, um, here. obviously here. And if you, I, I, I promise I'm going to get some stuff up. I haven't yet, just because life has been throwing us a, a few curveballs for uh, work, and I promise that I'm working on a few more things. Uh, I've got some paintings that are in my head that need to get out. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Chris, where can we find you? Here at Marginally Geeky, uh, Epically Geeky, uh, Sustainably Geeky. We just did an episode last night, which was super fun, and which is our longest episode thus far. And Sorry. No. <laughs> I, I don't think even if you weren't there, I think he just would have... He's very, the, our guest, um, Buzz, was very, is very, very passionate about electric vehicles. Uh, and then on Instagram at Cedar Birch Cottage. Very cool. Mandy, where can we find you online? On Twitter, Mandy Joe Shelton, but I'm kind of uh, angry about the election, so maybe give it a few days. Um, a little salty? A little salty. And tw- I get political on Twitter, nowhere else. So um, Instagram, though, is Clover Press Books, and that's apolitical. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I I had to like your comment about um, um, something other about posting. I voted stickers is cool, but posting I'm watching re- returns drunk is even better. Yeah. So I thought that was that was good. So um, as always, you can find me at uh, Optimus Gene on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, for everyone on the site, have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 